With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Show Blog Talk Radio. Come on. All right. Come on, treat. Let's go treat. Sunday night, late night radio. What fun. Woke up this morning looking for my shoes, looked behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long. Get you now. Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? Well, I'm going to the river, take a rocking chair. Blues overtake me, rock away from here. Lord, they tell me how long. Lord, they tell me how long. Well, I have to wait. Two 
very sweet guys who calls in every night to say, okay, Francie, we'll do it. Tom Sawyer, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. You know, well, you're a little grumpy, you do a little terrible call sometimes, but, you know, <laughs> what the hell can I say, you, you know? I'm here. Yeah, come to think of it, you are the lovable, grumpy guy. You're like, you're like, oh, oh, what's his name? Uh, oh, he was in Midnight Run. He was in Taking Care of Oh, man. I compared myself to Bernard are. McGurk on Imus in the morning. You know, I'm the guy who comes up with some one-liners, you know. That, that always works. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got the little... We got we got the little um oh the little Pillsbury dough guy that you you touch his belly and goes William how you doing buddy I'm doing good how about yourself Yeah you're like the little guy that if you touch his belly he goes like any guy would do well, that Well that's a new one Yeah Here we go you're <laughs> All right, and then there's yeah, this there really dorky <laughs> guy that always there's this little dorky guy that always calls, and we we'll just call him Nicholas Kowalski. How you doing? Hey Nick. Hello. Hey everybody. Hey, yeah, they Nick like blue, don't Nick. they? Those hamsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm here. I am here. Okay. I'm um, listening, interacting with the show, and at the same time, creating the third book that's going to be coming out this uh, this uh, next weekend, Thanksgiving slash Black Bedsheet Friday weekend. So, cool. yeah, got a lot of stuff going on for that weekend and the holidays, and and um, and uh, and beyond, way beyond. All kinds of things. Groovy stuff. All right. Yeah, cool. really exciting things. Uh, what I'm working on right now, and I, uh, I've i never heard how this is pronounced, so I'm saying this for the first time. Deborah Zaitch, I think her name is. Um, uh, it's uh, uh, Z-A-E-C-H, Deborah Zaitch, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed doing that. But... Um, I announced on our group page her book, and this is her debut novel, The Stretchman, which is uh, is, is going to be really great, and it has a lot to do with um, animal rights, with uh, dogs and humans combating evil. Oh, yeah, it's great good. stuff. And uh, since this is her debut novel, I'm doing an introduction for it. And also, we got. Um, a uh, hip hop horror book, uh, um, Thug Death, that's coming out by Age Scott and Raina Young, which uh, is going to be really groovy, and also Michael McCarty's Biters, which um, is uh, a collection that he did. Um, most of the stories are with other people too, so he has co-authors that he brought to the table with this. They're all great stories about zombies and vampires. And uh, and then we've got Cut Me Open, Make Me Whole coming out, and uh, a bunch of other things, as well as uh, a Raina Young 
Monsters book uh, called The Mummy, and then just other things. If you pay attention to our Facebook group page and our official Facebook page, uh, you'll see as things go what we're coming out with, some great um, authors that I've never heard of until I accepted them last August that I'm really so excited about. They're out the rest of this year and and through next year in January. Um, really, like, incredible, incredible, mind-blowing, awesome stuff. I can't, like, tell you. I mean, you know, just uh, um, pay attention to the announcements for this coming weekend. But we're, um, we have a lot of stuff on Thanksgiving that are uh, right now pre-orders that are debuting on Thanksgiving and stuff such as Biters and such as um, Tales of Hip Hop Horror, uh, Thug Death and uh, and uh, The Stretch Man. And, uh, and also we have a special book coming out by Patrick James Ryan. Cool. So wait, wait, Not wait. bad. Uh, who was the author of The Stretch Man? Deborah H. I think that's how I, I you know, she's going to be on your show and she's going to like tell the world exactly how to pronounce that thing. I haven't talked to her on the phone, so I only know what I say, but I think I'm pronouncing it right. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, but anyway, remember that name and the stretch man. It's going to be great. And we're going to try to get Tommy Habib on that show because he's an animal rights right dog activist and this is a book about um uh well, actually it's very it's it's uh um it's it's something that's that's um the most original book that i've published in quite a while this particular one but um we've got ones that are close contenders that are outstanding that have to do in, with indigenous tribes like the wendigo in canada um and stuff like that. So that is coming. Yeah, yeah I I was going to say, um, yeah, Lee, the, the author of The Stretch Man, yeah, we're going to get Tommy, we're going to try and get Tommy, yeah, yeah we're going to get Tommy Habib to help host the show with us because I think that they will have a fantastic conversation. And the reason that they would have a fantastic conversation because Tommy Habib is to the rescue, and he's rescuing all these dogs. He's he's doing a very great thing. It's a very great organization, and uh, he's not doing it for publicity and not for TV. He's doing it because he really cares, because he is a huge animal activist. So, yeah, I think that would be a really good show. Without yeah, a doubt, yeah. yeah. Yep going to be awesome and uh deborah's age is also uh um a uh, assistant dean for saint joseph's university in new york and wow. a lecturer yep oh, yeah by the way um she's smart so a woman too. like that uh when she uh she's like you walk into a classroom and she's lecturing like a few hundred mm-hmm. like college students and stuff somebody like that went to me yeah, I always like I, I I dig it when I get submissions and I see what they're about and stuff. Somebody that's like really important that actually students sit and they you know get lectured to and but she wants me to um, publish her book and trust me with doing that and, and all that stuff. That's just 
then, then those those things are I mean all of them everybody I mean it doesn't matter but it's just it impresses me that um, you know yeah, important smart. people want uh, you know they, the, the whole thing dot 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 yeah, she, she's like superwoman all right, uh, a couple more, a couple of more show announcements. Uh, we are going to get Cornemic back. Cornemic's going to get back with me. We're going to get Cornemic back. Um, we're we we got a lot of exciting guests. We just got to lock them all down um, before we get to our guest tonight because he's the man of the hour. We do have a man of the hour. Um, let me just mention, don't forget, uh, you can go to honestamish.com. By the way, William and Tom, uh, your yeah. your Christmas presents are coming. Nick's got to print out your, it's Nick's fault. I'm blaming it all on Nick. Your, your soaps are here. Everything's fault. I'll stay to my house. Your soaps are here. I got to do saying, something about Nick, can you please get the postal thing here and then. You know, Tom Sawyer can realize how awesome. Huh? Awesome sauce. They have a very good awesome sauce in their soap called Honest Amish. Uh, Awesome sauce is in their soap, actually. They do have a soap. Wow. They do have a soap, and you can go to honestamish.com. You place your order. You put in Talking Beards, and that's the password, and you get 10% off on every purchase. And let me tell you, I've scrubbed myself with that Honest Amish stuff. It feels really good. I've I've, uh, poured an entire bottle of awesome sauce all over me in the shower, and that is like, you, you can't believe cool. it. You could actually even eat it. It's amazing stuff. It looks like blood at first, but, uh, you know. Looks I, I, like I, I bet it's got that nice psycho shower scene. Yeah. Until <laughs> I get some. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is a great opening. Tom, I cannot pronounce your friend's last name, and I don't want to okay. screw it up. Let me introduce Tom, him. You got That's it. Michigan author and artist extraordinaire and friend John Garavaglia. How you doing, John? Uh, very good. How about you, Tom? Pretty good. We had a pretty good time at that convention yesterday. You know. Uh yeah, yeah, it was great. That was a very uh, awesome song to see. Like everyone come out for that. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, I think it's got to grow a little bit, and I think eventually it'll get bigger. I think the economy kind of affected this year for being a little slow, but it's, oh, yeah. it's the price is right. It's not bad. It's just great location. I couldn't believe the size of that freighter that went by through under the Blue Water Bridge that went by. Oh, I think yeah. Did you see how fast that was going? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like it took up the whole. You couldn't see Canada. You could see Canada across the, the from our side, from Port Huron over on their side, and you couldn't see it when it went by, and it was going by fast. Wow, that thing was huge. Oh yeah, that thing had its own zip code. Yeah. Oh yeah. And considering how the waves were, you know, 
So, yeah, it was pretty good. And you just can't beat that oh. view without the bridge, though. The bridge was magnificent. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's this place of the convention center is almost right under the Blue Water Bridge in Port oh. Huron. It's very scenic. It's so. So what's going on, John, in the literary and artistic world for you? Uh, well, I just uh, put out a trade paperback of Volume 2 of the Dorian Gray comic and has, cool. like, all four issues in one with uh, very beautiful artwork by uh, Emilio Utura and uh, Marin Guinness, Pablo Tellos-Yonami, and... Tani Mahendro, a real uh, a real great murders row of up and coming uh, artists from Marvel, DC, Image, and Dynamite. And well, congratulations! Uh, good news. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. That's great. And uh, good news, uh, I'm going to be collecting an omnibus of uh, all the Dorian Gray books. Got uh, to call Dorian Gray omnibus. So I'm going to be with uh, the stories created by Scott and Darren Davis and and the Italian illustrator Federico De Luca. So I'm looking forward to that. It comes out on November 30th. Hardcover edition, guys. <laughs> that was cool. That's great. You know, John, I believe in a few, maybe this year, maybe next year, a couple of years, you're going to be the guy we're going to be reading about. Say, hey, I knew him when, you know. You're going to be headlining Traverse City Cherry Con and some of these other cons, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I would say uh, maybe start working on the uh, catchphrase since Stanley had Excelsior. How about Dorian? Dorian catchphrase? <laughs> you know, make it real simple. Yeah. I've heard of some of those guys that are involved in that comic too. And it just uh, rang a bell with uh, the last time that you were on Francie's show and we had a conversation about the whole Dorian Gray thing. And, and there's like a, a, a lot of um, a lot of people that are fans of of um, uh, of that particular like um, uh, a work of fiction and everything that came out of it. You could probably even call it um, uh, that it's a gray community. <laughs> Yeah, more like a gray well, area, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. well, Nick, I'll, I'll tell you this much. I I read the uh, the, the comics themselves, and uh, it's one of those it's one of those ones where, um, I mean, a lot of ways it's almost like re-embracing my uh, you know my my younger years. I had a bowl of popcorn with soda next to me and uh, put up the old "Do Not Disturb" sign. But it is one hell of a good series. So, John, you are on something with this. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. I think I'm on the uh, right track uh, where I want to take the story uh, to the next level. And uh, I really want to do the original uh, version proud. And on my here, I'm uh, doing something right. right. Yeah. So, John, in another conversation we had, we were talking about uh, 
the X-Men, the Avengers, was it the X-Men, Avengers or X-Men that were um, a big influence or uh, what they've done for comics and artists? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we want to elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, uh, we were talking about the uh, X-Men. I was over at Grand Rapids Comic Con last weekend, mm-hmm. and I got to see the uh, uh, X-Men animated series casting crew reunion. Uh, it's like the first time that they've ever been together in the same room for uh, decades, and it was wow. a very special event. Uh, they were talking about the old show and how everyone's coming back for the revival on Disney Plus next year. You're talking about the animated cartoon series, right? Yep, the animated yeah. cartoons. That's the one. Wow. Because yeah. I was remembering wow. one episode that stuck out with me for X-Men was uh, this one where it was uh, at the end of it all, Wolverine was in a church basically because he was the angry one and he was, I remember the closing of saying, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And that always stuck with me because it was like he was always the uh, quick-to-get-angry one. And, you know, and some of those episodes just kind of stuck with you as far as I don't remember a cartoon ever really doing that with that kind of, you know, symbolism, I guess. Yeah, that was the very first uh, cartoon that ever uh, touched on the topic of faith. And yeah. And I yeah. talked to uh, the writer of that episode, Lynn Ernley. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Lynn Ollie. And uh, the way he talked about it, I mean, it was very moving and touching. And I didn't quite get it when I first watched it when I was a little kid, but. I uh, watched it again recently, and I got to say, wow, that really struck a chord, uh, how uh, Wolverine and Nightcrawler uh, have the conversation, uh, and Wolverine says, oh, yeah, where's your God when they, uh, when I was captured and they made me to a living weapon? Where was he? Where, where was he? And... Uh, Nightcrawler says that everything has a plan, and and that was pretty much it. He just like tries to say that, tells Wolverine that God loves him, and he will forgive him for whatever he does. And at the end of that episode, he uh, reads the highlighted patches that Nightcrawler uh, uh, leads for him, and something uh, you see a shred of faith that uh, Wolverine has at the end of the episode. <laughs> wow. Because well, I don't yeah, think grown-ups really would get it either. You know, I mean, they would miss that message, too. You wouldn't have to be a kid. You know, yeah, please, I was also... That's what makes the... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I was also talking to... Um, the creators of the show for a long time and uh, Julia Leeward says that uh, their goal wasn't talking down to the audience. They want to talk up and also want to touch uh, subjects that go beyond the uh, norms of uh, children's programming or uh, animation in general. Uh, X-Men really uh, pushed the envelope uh, when they uh, delivered uh, 
content and uh, these um, topics like prejudice and uh, faith and uh, so on. <laughs> uh, do I hear a dog? Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, oh, yeah, really my dog. Believe it or not, uh, they were like scheduled, they were expected to fail after the first season. Uh, during that time, uh, they didn't get like a uh, callback for uh, uh, a pickup on season two. It was like right after uh, the first finale aired. It was like, hey, can you do uh, 13 more episodes? It's like, yes, we can. <laughs> and uh, five yeah. years later, it was like, wow, yeah. One of the well, highly rated uh, cartoons of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was yeah. just gonna say that. I mean, and I mean, definitely prolific on so many levels. I mean, it just uh, you know, it, it was mind blowing to see some of the topics that they covered. Uh, yeah, this yeah. Is like, uh, yeah, this is like a show that uh, kids can watch with their uh, uh, parents who uh, grew up reading those comics. Uh, yeah, and. And that show really sparked an interest in the live-action X-Men movies. It really, uh, it really uh, pushed the movies at that point. Yeah, I think I, think, yeah, I remember going to one of the movies uh, I mean, with the group in church. So, you know, because they could relate to it. I think it, they thought it was like Christian persecution or whatever your faith was was persecuted at one point. And they could relate to that, and there might have been a little bit the the uh, the nerd aspect, I guess you'd say, or the people that feel like they're not the you know in the in crowd, so to speak, could relate to it. You know, sorry, Francie, to mm-hmm. interrupt. Oh no, you 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 did a great follow up. I I mean I, I mean everything that you you're seeming but I mean everything that you're doing is so badass. Yeah, you're talking about me, yeah. right, Francie? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. yeah. 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 <laughs> no, you're yeah. you're doing everything that's right, and I think that's awesome. And. You're 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 working for yourself and you're doing your dreams, man. It takes a lot of guts and courage to do that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know sometimes I can't even believe it myself. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's that's what makes you more of an inspiration to all, to all the other yeah. writers. So just keep going. Yeah, I, hey, I have a, I have a good friend of mine. Um, his name is Corey Davis, Corey Rockbottom Davis, and he's getting he's in animation and everything. And you know, it's hard work. Uh, yes, it is. I mean, and this uh, line of business, uh, you gotta have patience uh, for it to uh, for it to work. You know, this kind of stuff doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, you got to work at it and put in the time and dedication and, most importantly, the work. And yeah, it's really really tough out there. And 
and there's always going to be competition. I mean, if you're an artist, uh, there's always going to be that one guy that's going to be a little uh, bit better than you. So, uh, so go back to the drawing board, rework, and be better than him. You know, just uh, keep on doing what you're doing, and it's like magic. You keep on practicing, working hard. Hey, you're going to be the best. Well, I got to tell you, John, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Um, Right now, we're the number one show on Block Talk Radio. Out of 140 pages, we're number one. And that must mean that a lot of people are listening to you right now. Well, we're number one. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Don't say that. We're number one. There's 140 pages of shows going on on Block Talk Radio. We are at the, if you go to live right now on Block Talk Radio, we're number one. Mm. So that means that there's a lot of people that are tuning in to listen to you tonight, John. Well, you helped us get there. All right. Let's uh, keep this uh, party going then. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, exactly. There you go, John. You're be... listening around the world right now. We're not. You're around the world. So, okay. Around the world. <laughs> so, recently, uh, the uh, voice of Batman died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. So Kevin Cole, yeah. yeah, yeah. For everyone, he was like the ideal Batman, and you know there were uh, there were other people who voiced the character in the past, but Kevin Conroy, he was the gold standard of the Dark Knight. The uh, his voice uh, really fit the uh, character model for the animated series, and. Uh, He's the one I every remember. I read, every time I read a Batman comic book, I always listen to uh, Kevin Conroy uh, saying Batman's lines along with Mark Hamill doing the Joker and uh, oh, wow. Lauren, and Lauren Lister as uh, Robin and Nightwing. Uh, yeah. That was my Batman coming up. And, same uh, here. I mean, um, same here. I, you know, did, that's the one I think of. You know, I mean, did you see um, – did, did he catch his last interview that he uh, that he had that was actually more of a uh, a little bit that was done on cameo for a fan? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. It was it was very oh, yeah. um, powerful. I mean, yeah. I, I'll, I'll admit I'm not one to I'm not, I'm not the uh, emotional type, but that's one of the few times I actually cried. I was just like, wow. You know, you know I'm just very, very ironic. How, yeah. You know, it's amazing to see the stoicism, even even in that type of a circumstance. I mean, he'd be forever missed, and he left a great legacy behind. And, oh, yeah, uh, that we that, lost one of the Power Rangers today, didn't we? I mean, oh, Jason, well, yeah, Power Ranger. yeah, that was the first thing I saw when I picked up uh, my phone when I woke up this morning. 
and I was uh, hoping to God that it was a hoax. But then they confirmed it. I mean, Tommy uh, was my favorite Power Ranger. He was like the face of the uh, franchise. He was like the best Ranger uh, there is. Um, it's. I had no idea he was struggling with depression. I mean, he seemed like a very happy guy, a uh, very easy guy to get along with. I never had a chance to uh, meet him at a con or anything, and all I heard was, like, good things. He was always uh, friendly with fans, and he was more than happy to, like, stop to talk and uh, take a selfie with him. Yeah. I got a little story because one year I had a booth, and I was across from him, Ernie Hudson, Adam West, and not Adam West, William Shatner at Motor City Comic Con. And he was right there, and I was like, Shatner had some long lines, but his were the next longest lines. Oh, and the one guy from the Boondock Saints thing, the, um, David Del Rocco or something like that. No, it was David Del Rocco and the, uh, the oh. other guy. And um, I saw... I, because of, I think that helped him sell a lot of books at that convention, but he was right there. I mean, he had he had a long line because uh, he was right almost like there's them three across from you know I could I could see them where they were across from me. I was like, wow, this was you know this was a great convention for me because you know I had people backed up and their lines were coming up against my booth and they're looking at my stuff. So I was like, he was there and I was watching. I was like, he is a very popular. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the Power Rangers. I mean, it was funny because I watched with my kids. And, uh, this is almost like a cross between goofy anime and some of the cheap Godzilla movies. But it was it was just, you know, I was because I was a parent and I was watching with him. I was like, oh, okay, this ain't too bad. But I couldn't believe the popularity he had. I mean, next to Shatner, his line was the longest. I'm not surprised. I mean, look at how many people, you know, are, are still diehard fans of the Power Rangers. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. They are diehard fans. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you know, for for those of us of a certain age, you know, we grew up with Ultraman and Spectre Band, but, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's a similar formula more than anything else. It's just, uh, it's, you know, it's just a different variation of it. And, um, you know, but either way, at the end of the day, it's just uh, you know it, it, it's a shame for the fans to uh, to get the news of this nature, you know. And you know, I mean, by by suicide on top of that, that's just even that, that just hits even worse because that's uh, you know that, that, that's one of those topics that I, I always say it's like the uh, the phantom subject. You know, every, mm-hmm. everyone only hears about it, but only on when it's the very end, and deeds already been done, but. You know, you know the uh, statistics out there with the people. Yeah. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah, I, I mean the yeah. the uh, the, the yeah the uh, statistics on people that have contemplated it is is enough to write a horror story within it itself. Yeah, I can believe that, especially the teenage years, like thirteen to seventeen, eighteen, like that. That's sometimes the roughest years. Yep. That's why people yep. should write horror stories. They should get yep. it out on paper instead of doing school shootings. Get it out on paper and and then um, and and find a publisher and put it out and have people appreciate that. 
uh, because, you know, it gets things out of your system that way, and it's uniquely you instead of taking a bunch of guns and killing people. And I'm a big, you yeah. know, it, uh, I've yeah. killed an ex-best friend that, uh, at least a couple times in some of my stories, so mutilated him and others and had him go nuts and a few others, so, you know. Writing is therapy. Writing is therapy. There's nothing better than killing your ex-boyfriend on pages. Yeah, or ex-friend that screwed you over. I I wanted to say this. We we kind of um, changed the subject from Power Rangers to to suicide. Um, I wanted to bring it back to Power Rangers for just a second. Um, Power Rangers was beyond my time and I was never interested in it at all but I've seen episodes and things throughout the years and one thing that I kept thinking about shows like that was how ingenious it is to um, bring a show to produce a show like that to an international audience and have them their faces covered so you can dub whatever voices for whatever nationality um, you're presenting it to, and it all is in the mix. You know, it's all like, uh, like um, voiceovers and everything when it comes to when they turn into the Power Rangers and things. And that's most of the time throughout these shows. So I always thought, and it goes back to like um, back in the day with Ultraman and stuff, but more with the Power Rangers because it was marketed to an international audience, not just the country that it came out of. With Saban and all their, you know, um, I, and uh, I always thought that that was unique. Some of the characters were like really, like, you know, cool to me. I grew up in the days of Johnny Sacco and his giant flying robot and uh, Ultraman and, and all that. Uh, and, uh, but, um, so I can appreciate that kind of thing, but it was beyond my time. Like, He Man was beyond my time. Never interested in the cartoon, He Man or. Uh, side note, though, I was uh, one of Skeletor's um, troopers in the live-action version as an extra. But um, but besides all that, though, I mean, just with the Power Rangers, I always thought that that was like a really solid like um, thing. So you don't have to like like Johnny Sacco used to do, um, where to bring it to America, you could tell that that's not what they're saying. It's all dubbed. A lot of Japanese things, a lot of foreign things are dubbed. But if you cover their mouths, <laughs> uh, maybe this is kind of weird to say, but I always thought that that was like a good, if you're going to uh, uh, market this to the world um, and put it in syndication, uh, then when they become the superheroes and, and whatever, and the, like the Power Rangers, uh, to, to cover everything so that they could be dubbed with that and make it believable to all am I making sense or is that yeah. stupid? It's making a lot <laughs> of sense. Yes. Sense, yes. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that I was most impressed with that. I don't know. Anyway, it carry on. Move along. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> really, I always thought that and Years ever since they came out, for some reason I thought, yeah, that's really cool that they do it that way, because they that must have been on purpose. Probably, you know. 
Well, John, did you, you know, have a yeah. episode of Batman the Animated had Series? A, it, not just motorcycle-like helmets, but they covered their whole face so that they can, like, uh, 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 market it to different nationalities and they could dub whatever they wanted them to say. Um, so, you know. Yeah, exactly, because it was, like, on the cheap, too, because they mm-hmm. used a bunch of stock footage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You didn't. You, I, I, they, I bet you anything. I, I don't know the lore, but I bet you anything that was designed that way, so that when they turned into the Power Rangers, you couldn't. And even in the evil guys and stuff, most of the time their mouths were covered. But the Power Rangers themselves, their mouths were covered, so you can, you, you, you have the voiceovers. Another thing I wanted to say is voiceover actors in general don't get the reputation they deserve. <laughs> yeah, because they, it's behind the scenes, and and the nerds and the you know people like me and stuff, we pay attention to stuff like that. But the audience in general throughout the world, they don't really care. They watch it and then that. But uh, the characters, the the voiceover actors, they are just in, as important as the animation because they're what what helps bring the whole thing to life. It's a team effort. Really, it's not just you could have stupid voices for great animation. It all comes together. So, you know, and it's a terrible thing that um, I, I've seen a lot of the Batman series, too. And um, uh, that that kind of stuff, that's, that's just, you know, amazing just with the voiceover acting. I, I am a big fan of Mark Hamill's Joker, and I never believed after he did Luke Skywalker, and very little after that, like the nights, the night the lights went out in Georgia, he came out with that. But eventually, he became his own, didn't he? With that, especially with that Joker voice, and and so forth. Uh, I mean, you know, and that Batman actor. I can even. I I wish that I can. Um, I I can hear his um, voice in my head. Because that voice is so iconic, Batman. Yeah. Anywho, anywho, yeah, I I had to take like a podium for a minute and say that. So, so John, did you have a favorite episode of Batman: The Animated Series with Kevin Conroy doing the voice? I mean, is there one that stood out to you? Oh yeah, a huge fan of Batman: The Animated Series. Uh, I could just go on and on about all my favorite episodes. Uh, but I think um, most people would call it a cheat, but it would be uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. It was the oh, yeah. uh, animated full-length uh, feature. Uh, some, uh, Many people say it's the uh, perfect Batman movie. Uh, they really played it up. It shows uh, uh, gave Batman like a definitive origin story in animated form. And and the stakes were huge in this. It was like a murder mystery, and it really uh, uh, touches on to uh, Frank Miller's uh, Batman Year One, and pretty much a little bit of uh, Long Halloween. Oh wait, did Long Halloween came before or after uh, the series aired? I I want to say early nineties. But uh, for a personal uh, Batman episode, um, I think we're, everyone else and I are all in agreement that it had to be 
Capri's episode, Heart of Ice. Because that was the oh, yeah. episode that really sold the series. And it won a ton of awards. Uh, mm. The uh, voice acting was spectacular. The design, uh, the music. You weren't just watching a animated a kids program. It was like a short film. <laughs> it was very beautiful and uh, heartbreakingly very. It was like ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah. And, but you know, but I, I think probably as a close second though, could probably be the um, you know the backstory of Two Face. Oh, which yeah. again, I mean, it, it plays on the tra- you know, the, the the tragic villain. Which, uh, you know, I mean, just just you know, even even now, even though I have the DVD, but I haven't watched it in a few years. I mean, I just still remember the the lightning flash when it does the reveal of him, and it shows this full uh, disfigurement. You know, and it's just, you know, and and just think that that was all done on just uh, you know just the, the very basics of the animation, but you can tell that the passion behind it, you know, is what shows through the most. Hmm. See, the one episode I remember, and I've never gotten to see it in its entirety, and I might, I might have the wrong Batman series, but it was when Robin left to become Nightwing, and he's explaining it to the younger Robin who replaced him, yeah. what happened. And yeah. I've never got to see it to the end. I've never seen, you know, well, I did see the very end where he said I should go, go apologize to him for assuming something. But I never, I missed the crux of where Robin decided to leave and become Nightwing, you know? So, yeah. Is that the animated series or is that another one? Oh, uh, yeah, that was the animated series. It was, uh... Uh, it was like the sequel series to uh, Batman and Animated Series. They called it the new Batman Adventures. And okay. They, uh, yeah, they put it on uh, Kids WB. Uh, that was like the C- that was like before they called it the CW. And yeah. uh, they uh, really uh, changed the uh, art style. It was uh, very uh, more stream. It was more streamlined. And Joker didn't even look like the Joker. I mean, he was like. Uh, different. <laughs> yeah, you uh, kind of remind me of like Pennywise's weird cousin that they don't talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I mean, but the flip side of the coin, then we go back and we see, uh, you know, we, we saw Conroy come back with uh, Justice League, which I mean, that was in itself was equally just as impressive. I saw it. I think so. Yeah, I agree I mean, with you. I guess. Yeah, yeah I would uh-huh. say. Let's just be. I didn't know until a few years ago that Adrian Barbeau played Catwoman. Yeah. I. And that was kind of. I don't know. I think it was kind of uh, weird that I was over at work and on my break I was watching. Um, the cat and the cat woman's introductory episode with Adrian Barbeau, and all of a sudden I got like a uh, message from a friend saying that Kevin Conroy is passed away. Passed away. It was 
It was weird. I was watching uh, the Batman episode and then hearing his passing. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that, that's probably one of the most surrealistic points right there. But um, we have to admit, what, uh, what, what better time to do it than in a lot of ways, it gives you a chance to, uh, you know, to appreciate the work that he provided for us along the way. Yeah, he gave us uh, three decades of um, great performances. I I don't know. Those are really big uh, shoes to fill for the next for the next actor to uh, take up uh, the mantle. <laughs> we won't have people like that ever again. That's true. Hey John, who did Superman's but, voice for the animated series for Superman? Uh, there were two. Uh, there were two guys. Um, one was Tim Daly. He was on Wings, I believe, and there was also yep. George Newburn. I think it was Tim mm. Daly for uh, the 1996 Superman, and George Newborn took over in Justice League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So now. Now, John, I thought it was Tim Daly, but I wasn't sure. So, now, now, John, look, looking ahead, okay, uh-huh. if, let's say, uh, Netflix reaches out to you and wants to talk to you about Dorian Gray, who could you see doing the voice work? Uh, well, that's a very, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I have this um, I've been thinking about it a lot And for the uh, role of Oscar Wilde I would have to say Tom Ellis From uh, Lucifer Okay Yeah he'd be perfect for it And uh, I guess Williams would be great As Dorian's stepmom And Jensen Ackles could be uh, Dorian's dad Hmm. But but Dorian Gray, I would have to say hmm, maybe Colton Haynes from uh, Arrow. Or, uh, okay. There we uh, go. Kind of, I'm just I'm just shooting it out there. And uh, um, who's the guy who plays uh, Superman in the new animated animated uh, movies? Um, you know, he was on that uh, show about um, Bossy. Uh, let me just look it up real quick. He was very unpopular. Like, oh, yeah. You have a follow-up to William's question, too, John. So. I'm sorry? <laughs> I have a follow-up to William's question. Only mine would be a live action picture, not animated. Who would you pick? Wow. Okay. A live action. All right. Um, I'm still going to stick with Tom Ellis as Oscar Wilde and Vanessa Williams as Lori. I know. The Dorian Gray character. Mm -hmm. I think we have to go with an unknown on this one. I don't have my fireplace. Because I don't see, uh, hmm. 
anyone else. Uh, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head to play a live action Dorian Gray. Um, my editor uh, says we could get the uh, huh, model on uh, my prose novels. That's mm-hmm. Dorian, but Dorian is a high school junior, and uh, mm-hmm. I know it'd be good if we can just jump ahead a couple of years. <laughs> but um, I was going to joke and say Keanu Reeves doesn't engage. I mean, he's a good-looking guy, right? But yeah, he is. I know. If we could like do a Dorian Gray and Twenty One Jump Street crossover, that would be great. Yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. Who's uh? I don't know. Uh, who's the uh, hottest uh, male actor these days? Does anybody know? Uh, didn't uh, didn't people make Chris Evans that guy? Yeah, Chris Evans. Randy, Evans. I know that one. I know people never named Chris Evans. Ant Man. He's still the hottest guy in America. No, people uh, says it's Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans is like uh, yeah, America, but I don't know. I'm just talking about like I don't know high school, college age. Any one from the CW or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the hottest teenager right now. Well, uh, why don't we yeah. go hottest young actor or something? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know any young Waiting yeah. on the other side. If we say that. Chris Hansen's gonna never mind that was a bad joke. Bad joke, sorry. Yeah. I don't, I don't know any of the other young actors, John. You're younger than I am, so you're probably doing better than I do, so I'm I can't think of any. You know. Well I mean I've been like out of the well, loop for a while, so <laughs> Yeah, okay. Oh. Well I'm I'm, oh, I'm gonna be a little bit. Who was the guy that played um oh he now has his oh he has his own wireless company now. He was the Ryan Reynolds. He helped me out on this one. You know the superheroes. The guy I know the superheroes. I know them personally. They all that visit is. me every that day. Is. I can't stand them now. Just they just them. like ate my food. Yes, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool, ain't he? Yeah, yeah, Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, Deadpool. Dick that guy. Deadpool as, a, as the only superhero role. Superhero role. Um, he was pretty much made for it. Um, well, uh, we don't want a, a repeat of Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? A Green Lantern. I saw the uh, extended edition of it, and I liked it a little bit better. I didn't like the the bad guy in it. It's just, and I didn't like when he. Um, created a racetrack around that 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 one scene that that was just like like wow I I don't know but no, there were some parts of it that I did like I I wish oh my gosh it was so uh, green I mean you know I want to say a good solid as we all do Green Lantern movie and it was so close but so far away. I must have I terrible taste. Really I didn't think the Justice League movie was bad. Too much. 
That is so yeah. funny that three of you guys like responded at the same time. Well, I was going to say I must mm-hmm. have terrible taste because I didn't think the Justice League movie was that bad. I thought it was pretty, you know pretty entertaining. But the Snyder Cut, I, I just uh, you know I'm just with the fans on that. That 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 one was the one I, I hated. I not I, not maybe hated, but I disliked the theatrical version. And when the Snyder Cut happened, I just thought, wow, that that's you know that's it's a comic book come to life. And I had to digest the whole Batman v Superman and some problems I had with Man of Steel. But I loved the uh, the stuff with him fighting Zod, and that that's everything Superman too. Uh, was supposed to be with the special effects. That was just so awesome to see that come to life. But, I mean, I don't know, in my opinion, but, I mean, ultimately, uh, when it comes to comic books coming to life on the silver screen, um, yeah, that Snyder, uh, he's done some incredible Mm. stuff like that, Uh, um, I thought. Um, Well, you know, what do you think, John? Uh, well, I do love the Snyder Cut. I mean, it was uh, the I liked it better than the theatrical version because it had more to do with Cyborg. He was an integral part of the story, and uh, Flash had a bigger role. And Steppenwolf looked a hell of a lot better than he did in the uh, Joss Whedon one. It was. Mm. Yeah, we got yeah, the yeah, I thought so too. What do you think about? Yeah. Oh, I forgot his name. The 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 controversy with the the guy that played the Flash, um, uh, because he he kind of really screwed things up with his antics, and ah, and I, I I'm sure I speak for a lot of fandom people, and you, I don't know, but man, you know, Michael Keaton came back as Batman, and. We can't see it because of what this dude did. It's like, what do you think of that? Uh, first of all, I don't know what's going on with uh, the actor. Uh, hopefully he gets the help that he needs. And secondly, is the movie still on track? Uh, I haven't heard any cancellations. I know that they... Uh, went ahead and uh, canceled Batgirl over uh, some stupid reason. Yeah. What, just want to be profitable or whatever? I I wish they'd go through all that work and spend like how much, $10 million, $10, $20 million on something? And yeah, really yeah. Oh, oh, Batgirl actually cost $90 million, $90 million for Batgirl, and they scrapped it. Oh. Wow. And when Michael oh, that's, Keaton that's came back as Batman in that, too. Uh, and, yeah, that? Uh, Michael Keaton was in Batman in that movie, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, they were like, uh, it, I mean, for a fan like me, with, I mean, growing up with, like, Michael Keaton as Batman, and Batman Returns is one of my all-time favorite movies, uh, probably top yeah, 20. Yeah, uh, But, uh, I mean, man... You know, and this is his comeback with the Flash and with this Batgirl movie. And then, you know, it's like we should 
like get Michael Keaton on your show, Francie, and ask him. I'm sure he's been asked, what do you think of this shit? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if oh, I had so a chance sad. to interview Michael Keaton, I would ask him about Dope Sick. Because that was a pretty okay, movie. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, he came back as Batman after all these years. And then one after the other movie that keeps crapping it. It's like, we can't, why well, can't we say, oh, Michael Keaton? Let's, let's face it. The, 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 the thing that people love about Michael Keaton as Batman is that he can walk up to somebody and he did it perfectly. I'm Batman. He is well, Batman. Yeah. Nobody more else can say it the way Michael Keaton said it. I'm Batman. Yeah. Uh, okay, Am I, right? I got a question for you. Now, I might be missing. I might. I'm just a novice fan. But why in the hell would Batman be versing Superman? Ain't they on the same side? The only thing they should be fighting over is like Wonder Woman, shouldn't they? I mean, I don't mean to sound stupid, but you know, I know they had two different ways of doing things. But it seems like they could sit down and compromise. Hey, you know. Otherwise, that's oh, Tom, Tom, over Wonder Woman. Uh, the answer to that would be Frank Miller. Okay. Read Frank Miller and you'll understand. Okay. I have a question, though. If Wonder Woman was flying an invisible jet, but yet you always see Wonder Woman, and it always looks like she's going to the bathroom <laughs> in her invisible jet. Maybe because she was. Oh, yeah. I think he. I think she was going potty. Oh. Cause you see her flying through the sky, and you see nothing but her. Okay, it was a bad joke. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. It just seems like Batman and Superman is the only thing they should be fighting over is Wonder Woman, though. Yeah. <laughs> Catwoman or Poison well, Ivy or somebody, you know. I don't know. Well, She's hey. going to the bathroom a lot. Well, hey, I mean, you know. Trying to milk my joke. Uh, yeah, well, I was trying to be kind of funny, too, but. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, hey John, 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 I have yeah, a good yeah. question for you. Um, I think it's a good question anyway. If you had total rain over anything that Marvel or DC or or anybody did, you could write, um, uh, uh, put down any kind of comic with any character in history that you ever wanted that you haven't been able to yet, who would it be? I think I would have to go with uh, Spider-Man. Oh. Okay. Why? Why? Because uh, Pierre Parker is most relatable, and he he's pretty easy to write for. Because we all have like uh, responsibilities and tries to juggle uh, school, work, uh, friendships, relationships. Uh, but at the end of the day, we have to uh, do what we have to do in order to get the job done. And that means uh, sometimes it means making sacrifices on everything. I mean, we can all relate to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can. That I. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think that's what makes Spider-Man the character more appealing. 
is he's not like from another planet. His only extraordinary circumstances is that he happened upon, you know, spider bite, and, and then he got these powers and stuff, and he's just like an everyday person. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that, too. I, for reason with me, some of it has to do with maybe the swamp thing. I don't know why, but uh, I, I can point, relate though. to the swamp thing in, in a lot of ways, but yeah, but... Yeah, cool. Yeah, Spider-Man. Well, you don't like that? I can always change it to something else. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, that's just uniquely you. If you love Spider-Man, yeah, I and I've grown up with, uh, when I was a kid, uh remember um, uh, not just reading some of the comics, but my, one of my favorite things to watch was that Spider-Man cartoon. That has that famous song attached to it. <laughs> you watched that whenever it was on television. It was one of my favorite things. And I love to see that stuff come to life. Hey, John, what do you think they're going to do uh, with uh, the Black Panther series of Marvel? You know, I mean, at least movie-wise. I mean, what do you think that goes to? Oh, has everyone seen uh, Wakanda Forever? Not yet. No, Not I haven't yet. yet. Uh, well, I've seen it last week, and it was phenomenal. I mean, it wasn't a movie about Black Panther, but it was more about Wakanda and and its people and how they are going to uh, continue without uh, uh, without T'Challa. I think... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they did that's when they decided not to recast uh, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, it's, it's more about uh, the legacy. I think this is what uh, Marvel has been planning uh, way before his death. Like, uh, well, let's face it, um, some of the uh, main actors are getting up on years and only being there at the time before they retire. So I don't know what uh, the studio's uh, plans are. I think uh, what they're going to do is pass the torch to uh, the next generation of heroes. So we might be getting young Avengers or new warriors, a fight, mm-hmm. and yada, yada, yada. I, but, I pay attention to a lot of that on YouTube. I'm like a YouTube Marvel junkie in some ways. Um, and uh, what do you think of what they did with the um, Namor character, the Submariner? Hmm. Submariner. <laughs> what do you wow, think they Submariner. Uh, because yeah, it's uh, more Aztec town. It wasn't, uh, it's not like the comics, but it has the essence, but they put it more Aztec. Kind of, you know, what do you think? I think they uh, did that uh, uh, because of uh, Aquaman a few years ago. Because well, they couldn't use Atlantis because it's going to be like uh, uh, confusing. Like, wait, I thought Aquaman was the rule of Atlantis. Who's the Submariner dude? So they uh, probably changed it to Aztec um, heritage and incorporate Namor to uh, a Kukukan. You know what? That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Saying that loud. a Kukukan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it does sound really cool, I, and I understand why they 
they changed it. I, I hope in um, in uh, Marvel, um, whatever they do with uh, live action, that they um, give him the, the kind of comic book past where he used to fight with Captain America back in those days. I mean, after all, um, his character is the first mutant in comic books ever. Yeah, yeah they're really Captain America or a Mariner. A uh, Mariner, a uh, Submariner. Yeah. Yeah. No more. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing him in comic books long ago. And stuff. He always yeah, had he, like a yeah, little groin was... cloth, and <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was with the Invaders, uh, with him, Captain America, and the first the Human Torch, the uh, Android uh, Torch. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, that's uh, great John, stuff. Here's, here's my question of this, because I'm mainly listening, and I say stupid, random stuff every now and again, and I'm trying my best not to do that because I. This might be stupid random stuff right now that I'm saying. You're in the front row. I mean, you're creating this stuff. You're you're made of legend. Wait, did you say I'm made of legend? (laughs) Yeah, or legend is you. Yeah. You're, you're, you, you're you do have an impressive body of, uh, of work, though, in very impressive I, body I, of work. Was, thank you. See, Nick, you know, he he explains it better. You're like doing the American dream. Like, you're creating stuff. That is so badass. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that. Um yeah, no, I'm just very well earned, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's well earned. You've yeah. earned that, man. That, that's you know. Badass. Very happy for you and, and in awe of you too. You know, this, well, I, this, you know. I still have a long way to go. Very cool. Tom. I still have a long way to go. Yeah, I know, but that's just. I, I, know, we all do, John. We all do. <laughs> I'm kind of like in the audience right now, and I'm listening to the stuff that you did. I mean, come on. We were number one <laughs> when we aired, and it's obvious because people are tuning in to you right now. That yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and I'm trying not to interrupt you, and I'm listening to you more. Dude, you should walk into a convention and... Roll your jacket around and like throw it, and it's gonna land on the hook perfectly. And you're badass. You can uh, you can not just walk into a convention. You can like drive a chariot through the front door and and uh, throw your comics and 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 everything to people and go, yay! I'm 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 here now. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Honestly, well, you, 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 the, the, you, I don't know. You're oh living the dream right now. <laughs> Actually, you're on your way. Well, on your, you're going to, um, um, I, I bet you, uh, if you continue on, 
with what you're doing, you're going to be like the next Mike Mignola um, in about a bunch of years' time. I mean, just doing what you you were talking about, how there's always somebody better, and you have to perfect yourself to, like, uh, get the edge in and uh, with your art and and, uh, everything that you do. Uh, I, I mean, that's that is the way that it works, of course. But I mean, as long as you continue to do it, you're going to every year it's going to be better and better and better. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep doing it and perfecting yourself, it's just like with everyone else. And you're so into it. And like I said, you have a, such a body of work behind you. I mean, who's going to stop you? Nobody but you. Yep. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. Talent and perseverance. So, yeah. very well said. <laughs> yes, indeedy, indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, the I, way it I works for all of us. <laughs> that he can walk into a room and he's going to throw his coat and it's going to land perfectly on the coat rack. Well, Francie, I do that every time I do a convention, uh, especially mm-hmm. over at Traverse City. Um, it's a, like a homage to uh, that scene in Goodfellas where Ray Liotta goes to a club and his girlfriend's like, what, it's all packed up when I get in. It's like, oh, yeah? And he goes in the uh, service entrance and uh, we got there's like this hallway shot for him just like talking and shaking hands with everyone. And uh, then they finally get to the table. And that's pretty much me every time I go to that con. I was like, yeah. hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. And then they got my table all ready for me. And I just sat down, and one of the volunteers was like, yeah, this Diet Coke and this bag of York peppermint patties is from Mr. Tony over there. Oh, hey, Tony! <laughs> <laughs> you guys hey, do John, it in a northern accent. You guys do it like, uh, hey, Tony, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Hey, John, why don't you tell them a little bit more about Traverse City Cherry Con? Because that's kind of, yes. you kind of take part in helping that, don't you? I mean, you're part of that. Uh, well, I'm right? um, well, uh, really part of it. Um, well, uh, Traverse City Comic Con was like uh, the very first convention I ever attended. As a fan, it took me uh, mm-hmm. almost 10 years to uh, finally uh, uh, get my stuff out there and uh, get accepted in Artist Alley. It's a very funny story. Uh, the first uh, year of that convention, uh, I have like uh, my portfolio, uh, all my samples. So uh, my dad was acting like my manager, and he <laughs> was talking me up <laughs> until um, uh, someone grabbed my giant portfolio case. It was uh, one of the small press indie publishers uh, that were there. And uh, they just looked through my portfolio, and uh, he looked at each other and said, yeah, I think we can use this guy. It's like, uh, yeah, uh, we, we can use him for uh, the Valentine's Day issue or whatever. You got any uh, uh, stuff for uh, Valentine's Day, romantic Christ? And and that's my first short story got published, Lover's Flame. Uh, story, wow. uh, it's a firefighter love story. Right. <laughs> Yeah, sold out uh, three printings. Uh, they gave me a call. I was like, hey, uh, you got any more of this stuff? Uh, you got anything like crime? So I just did like a crime drama for uh, 
uh, that, and uh, they loved it, and I got a Halloween story, and all of a sudden I got a call saying, hey, um, this is Blue Water Productions. Um, we want you to uh, do a, a novel adaptation of uh, some Ray Harry House's stuff. Are you up to it? I was like, hell yes. <laughs> and that's yeah. what I thought. Right there for me. That's cool. You you had me at Ray Harry House, and he's one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Say, say John, uh, what are you most proud of that you've come up with originally, just by yourself without affiliation to anything? Mm-hmm. Have, mm-hmm. have you come up with uh, uh, do you have something that you've come up with your own noggin that you've like created on paper? Well, it always goes back to Lover's Flame, uh, my short, my first short story that got that was ever published. Um, it started out as a creative writing assignment uh, for college. And my professor always uh, always uh, encouraged me, always uh, told me, hey, you've been here for like uh, five weeks. You haven't said anything. When are you going to get up and share some of, that, some of this with the class? And um, I don't know. I was like, I expect you to say something by next class. I was like, okay. So I got up and I read my story. It was uh, racy in some parts. And after I got done reading, okay, I'm going to have to step out for a second. And, uh, and, oh, my God, I felt like I just accidentally wrote erotica at that point. <laughs> and yeah. he came back, and, and he says, John, I put your name on the program uh, for Evening in the Cobb. It's, uh, it was a um, program for the humanities and English department where all the best writers in the class would share their scary stories to um, the public. It was a huge spectacle. And I said, you put my name in the program. <clears throat> yes. Oh, my God. And I was already scared to death with public speaking. And after I read my uh, story to uh, the show, I – I heard something I never heard before. Applause. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, cool. What's this? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. They're applauding. They're clapping. And like, that was a story I'm, that was uniquely you. Uniquely me, yes. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it on the spot. It, took, it was, wow. <laughs> it, it was like a two-page story, and... I gotta say, I stand by it. It was the best thing I've ever read, in. and I, I I got plenty more of that. And Have I'm you currently thought working. of translating that into a comic, or or anything that? I mean, something that that you could put your stamp on it and say this is your story. Uh, yeah, that was published in FX uh, Comics, the Avenue Flux Experiment by. Amtramic Idea Men back in, uh, I want to say, 2009, 2010. But I've been trying to adapt it to a comic. I uh, drew the first five pages, 
I use it as a portfolio piece. And 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 I always wanted to expand the story. <laughs> hey, uh, everybody. Um, because a lot of your claim to fame is um, uh, doing things that have a foundation based on other people's imaginations. And uh, uh, I, I'm uniquely interested in some of the stuff that you that you can come out with in your own head. Um, and a lot of the times, I, I, um, I, I know that you uh, you've contributed so much to to everything. But um, when it comes down to um, original creation, you've got to like. Um, that's what I'm I'm trying to like pick your brain about is um, uh, original stuff that you can like say okay this is my creation I I created this story I created these characters and I'm going to be known for them in um, the future people are going to dig this shit uh, you know what I'm talking about <laughs> you know? yeah yeah I'm currently yeah. doing. I- I would love to talk more about that, but we are in the after party now. And oh, the British well, yeah, is okay. about to cut us off. Um, Uh-oh. John, Uh-oh. can we reschedule you ASAP? Uh, yeah, we can definitely Maybe do that. for the first of the year. Right, yeah. Yeah, and uh, by the way, John, um, like I said, you were number one. That means that you do have a fan base following you right now. Oh you were God. number one on our live shows. Put us over the top, John. You're a good, great guest. And this is just tonight. Very. To, uh, it'll go through, throughout this distribution throughout the rest of the week, like iHeartRadio yeah. and all that, all that stuff. Things. Hey, John, I didn't mean to apply. Yeah. You had a. a and in uh, doing it seems like you're a great guest there and it, 142 it, it, pages um 10 10 shows each page every page so that's, i can't do the math but yeah, over fourteen thousand shows going on live when we were live. You were number oh one. Number one, yes. That is groovy. Yeah. And then the just... show came on at eight thirty, and we became number two. Yeah. But we were number yeah. one for thirty yeah. minutes. So yeah. We got, we Sometimes got, uh, we got when I, I'm on Francie's show and I'm talking to a guest like you, John, um, kind of, well, I'm aware that we're on a show, but it's like a phone conversation. And I, I, I am unique, uniquely interested in the stuff that you uniquely have done from your own brain. Um, and you've got to, like, pursue that. I, I know that you've... Um, uh, uh, over the years, made a name for yourself with other people's stuff, but I'm uniquely interested in in, in your stuff and that comes out of your mind too. Uh, and it's cool that you, if you had the opportunity to do Spider-Man, there's something to be said about that. But I mean, uh, you know, I, um, stuff like that, short story and things. I mean, that can happen over the years. 
and like I said, you know, keep pursuing it, then you'll make a name for yourself, and then people will like go, oh wow, look at look at what John's shit is. He's like a, the next Frank Miller. John Shit. It's impossible. It's impossible. Look at what John Shit is. Of course. Look at what John Shit is. No, I like far from uh, Frank Miller right here. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, Frank Miller's Frank. But I mean, you know, I mean, you can you can achieve a name for yourself. So that you could be a part yeah. of the whole, you know, your name can like be, oh, he did this. It's a unique brand. Yeah, I think that's like, true. Oh, you're doing Traverse City Cherry Con. I think you're going to help put that on the map too, John. I just think, you know, I didn't mean to apply anything other, but that's a great little con up there. It's, uh, oh, yeah. It's, it it's gets really, better every really, year. I've been there once, and it was like, now it's going to come back as a uh, just as a visitor, just to go see it because it was that much fun. But you know, things got happened that I couldn't. But um, it just, I think, as you get bigger and you're there, up in Travis, it is you know, that's going to help put that on the map more too. It's one of the major cons I think in the state. So you know, that's what I was meaning to say. I didn't come out right, but you know, no, it came out perfect. So. Well, you know, because, you know, it's like, well, he's got, he's got like a following up there. That's pretty good, you know, so, but Definitely Eddie, what are your near plans for the near future, John, <laughs> before the English lady cuts us off? Uh, well, I'm currently working on some original projects, uh, superhero related, but mm-hmm. like my own stuff. Nessus heroes that I want to, I want to read about want to read about and uh, see in comic books. Uh, one's going to be very funny. The other's going to be like uh, kind of serious, but not 100% serious. But working on it for the last 10 years, finally going to get that done. And uh, hopefully I can have something out in the near future. <laughs> And uh, well, join Great Comic Fest comes on December 30th. <laughs> Let us know when you come out with new stuff and we can exploit it, help you exploit it, circulate yes, it. Please. Let the world know. Uh, yeah. Candy will do. <laughs> yes. You deserve it. Oh, You're yeah. a great talent. Yeah. Well, I'm a great guy. I'm having you on. I'm looking forward to them all. You know, I mean, you did you did a fantastic job with uh, with the uh, with Dorian already. So, I mean, I, I can't wait to see what else you have up your sleeve. <laughs> yeah, in St. James, got to be getting you some traction too. Oh yeah, everyone's uh, talking about in St. James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who could you who could you say? Even my dog says so. Yeah. <laughs> um, who, who could you see playing in St. Jane, John? Uh, well, uh, we have uh, um, Miracle Laurie. Uh, Miracle Laurie was attached to play in St. Jane mm-hmm. for a TV show that got turned into a movie. Well, it's in development, but mm-hmm. I 
uh, Miracle uh, at that. You can still uh, catch the uh, teaser trailer. That's kind of a concept trailer called Taco Tuesday online mm-hmm. somewhere. She was amazing at Jane for a two-minute clip. <laughs> and so uh, for Jane, I think it would have to be um, – I know the girl who plays Robin in uh, Stranger Things. I know she'd be perfect as Jane <laughs> if uh, we were hmm. to recast. That'd be yeah, I could see that. I know she has to be funny. She has to be uh, quick with the quips and and be able to improv. <laughs> hmm. uh, because, uh, well. Well, I was writing Somehow, for some reason, I see Ethan Hawke is playing Dorian Gray in a movie. Uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, no, did he play Dorian Gray uh, one adaptation of uh, yeah. of the series? Because one time it was Josh Jumel was Dorian Gray, then it was Ben Barnes as Dorian Gray, then Stuart Townsend, Dorian Gray, and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It probably introduced uh, the mainstream audience to uh, the character in the first place. <laughs> oh, what about the guy? Oh, um, uh, I forgot his name. He was in um, um, A Quiet Place 2. He played the Scarecrow in Batman. Um, the... Murphy. Yeah. 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 Vicky Blunders. Yes, he's great. I like him a lot. No, he'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that right, Cillian or Killian? <laughs> I think it's Cillian. Oh, Cillian. <laughs> Killian, okay. That's a cool name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yippers. Not too shabby. Nancy. Who I I I my I drink a my my straw let me down really bad and I'm coughing oh, my, my guts out because my Oh. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, I've been coughing. It's my straw hit my back of the throat too wrong. And I'm actually coughing a lot. Um, the British woman is about to cut us off. Okay. Well, hey, John, can we make a date to have you come back here for the first of the year? Yeah, and it, it, it was an awesome show. Yeah. Awesome it show. was a fantastic show. In fact, uh, I would agree that it was an awesome show. Say <laughs> that it's killing my throat. Um, and Nick is like, I'll be maybe listening, and Nick's been participating a lot. Yeah, actually, I'm supposed to be working on a book that come out by Thanksgiving weekend, and I'm paying more attention to the show than... Well, I I don't regret no regrets because it's a great show and I'm glad to I'm more than happy to participate and I and you know I mean uh, John forever who's listening um, to this show live and in the archives I mean uh, pay attention to John's works 
He's going to go far. He is an amazing go guy. Amazing. You got a bunch of fans of your work here, John. So. Well, thank you so much, guys. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of fun being on the show. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. We would. We, have we will have you on. back anytime you wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, look with that, before the British that. city gets yeah. done, I had to cut out because my dog's bugging me, so she's barking her head off the at dog. me. So. I heard yeah. the dog. I was like, there's, so. there's the dog. It's our cat. Yeah. So. Yeah. So great having you, John, and see you around, and good luck, and all the best. So. Uh, where night, can we everybody. find you? Uh, I, I mean, and you're not like, you know, I mean, social media type. Not we're not going to hunt down or anything. <laughs> well, you can find my work on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Bam. I book on iTunes, pretty much uh, anywhere that sells books, even in the uh, trunk of my car. <laughs> yeah. 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 Welcome to the club. Nice. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, well, John, I got to cut out. I do want to rebook you again. Yep. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it, Francie. <laughs> All right. Whenever you say go, I'm going to go. All right. Awesome sauce. Exactly. I'm saying that that's like the worst phrase ever. Dorian. All right. right. John, here's a really cool song. You're going to love this. Hello again. Hey, everyone's playing together right now. <laughs> Look, there they are. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, stop. Luno, we can't play if you bite Lufa. We don't ever want to bite our friends. Don't.
everybody for tuning in. Don't forget, go to com. Use the word Talking Beards, and you're going to get 10% off your orders. And everybody, please support To the Rescue with Tommy Habib. They're doing a really good job. They're rescuing dogs. And who do we got still on? Uh, well, me, and I have something to say. Don't bite your okay. friends, but you can bite your enemies, especially if they try to, like, bite you. But that's when you just chomp, chomp, chomp. No, that's what that means. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Boo. All right. Good night, everybody. Yeah, good night. Good night. night. Good night. Love you all. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. Almost. Happy Thanksgiving. Awesomeness. Awesome sauces. <laughs> Who else is here with us? We got another caller. We got a caller. Yeah. The end of the freaking show, we got a caller. Uh, maybe it's a ring around the caller. <laughs> I think it's John. Oh, hi, it's me. <laughs> John, thank you for being on. You are awesome. Sauce. No, Sauce. guess. <laughs> Oh. No, you were Thanks awesome. Thank you. It's always a Thank pleasure, and uh, we would love to have you back on. Yeah, I would love to be back on too. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Oh, good. So we didn't, we didn't throw, we didn't chase you away yet. We're doing good. <laughs> yeah, you're doing excellent. <laughs> All right. All right. Keep me posted. Let me know when you want on, okay? I will okay. I will make that happen. If it right, if we can do good. we can schedule a show any day of the week and by the way, you know you are number one. Then number somebody one. else did a radio show and then we ended up at number two. But the ratings are good. I will have you back any time you want. All right. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to hanging with you guys again. All right. Looking forward to it, too. Let me know when, and we'll get you. All right. You got it. All right. Looking forward to it. Awesome sauce. Damn it. She hates that word. Praise. Yeah. Really who says awesome sauce? I I did. Well, I know, but why are you eating sauce right now? How uh, do you know? So- All right. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, John. Good enough, Thank you. My finest lieb. Good enough, Schlavo, mein Kind. That was German for good night. Oh, that had nothing to do with sauce. Okay, good night. Love you guys. John, thank you. Awesome. Love you, John. Love you too, Francie. Catch you guys later. All right. All right.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.